You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Christos Voskres, Christ is Risen. Welcome back to Real Presence uh, Live uh, this morning, Real Presence Radio. Nick Medelsky here in Rochester, Minnesota, broadcasting from the one and only St. James Coffee. And as I uh, shared before the break, uh, I'm really excited uh, about our next guest, Edward Clancy from Aid to the Church in Need. You may have heard about Aid to the Church in Need before, um, but we thought, especially with uh, the situation going on in Ukraine, um, at the present time, uh, what better time to talk about the, the wonderful work that Aid to the Church in Need does. Uh, so uh, welcome to the show this morning, Edward. You're very welcome. It's uh, good to be here. Thank you for having me. And uh, could you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, about uh, your background? Sure. Um, personally, I come from an industry not related to uh, the Catholic world, but uh, have been a faithful Catholic my whole life and um, was called over 20 years ago to take a job here at Aid to the Church in Need, and mm. uh, it was one of the most uh, life-changing and important decisions I've ever made, and the organization has blessed me greatly. Awesome, awesome. And uh, specifically, what is your um, what is your position there at Aid to the Church in Need, and, uh, and what does that entail? Sure. I am the Director of Outreach, uh, so I interact with the Catholic Church, you know, the, both the hierarchy and sort of the local parishes and people, and I advance the mission or the message of AIDS and Church in Aid. Uh, my role is also to interact with the media, like today, uh, yeah. and to help to speak for the, those who don't have a voice or should have a voice but aren't being heard. Hmm. So uh, that that uh, that leads naturally into uh, my next question. So uh, for our listeners who aren't familiar, uh, could you tell us about the, uh, the mission, the uh, of Aid to the Church in Need, what, uh, why, why this organization exists and, and what it does. Sure. We were founded 75 years ago, and it was an answer to Pope Pius's call to help uh, the suffering faithful who were forced to return to Germany after World War II. Uh, just a little history there. Um, so after World War II, part of the agreement or the peace treaties was to um, essentially dispel any German communities from a lot of these countries, and mainly in Eastern Europe. And they were forced to go back to Germany when many of them, in fact, hadn't been there. Their families hadn't been there for three or four generations. So they were very, very far removed from Germany. Right. And they were going back to a war-torn country and had nothing. Uh, So they had very little, and many of them were Catholic. So Pope Pius had asked the Church to assist these people, and that's how we were founded. Um, In the beginning, it was, you know, small projects in Germany, and then it grew to helping priests and vocations, and then moving into Eastern Europe and Africa. And now we do work in over 100 countries. Wow. Um, we have between five and 8,000 projects a year, and they range from a bicycle for a priest or nun mm-hmm. to helping to rebuild a seminary, a convent, or a school in places like Syria, and unfortunately now again in Ukraine. Right. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. So, um, and and I like the, uh, uh, like you mentioned, there kind of the the scale of help uh, that aid to, mm-hmm. 
to the church and need is able to provide, like you said, something is, is what seems like us simple, right? Like a bicycle. Uh, but mm-hmm. in a, in a country where those are few and far between or, or quite expensive, right? That can be the difference mm-hmm. between a, a priest or religious being able to make, uh, house calls and things like that or not. Right. Yes. And I, and you know, the radio listenership of, uh, real presence radio is up in the sort of the, the, the distant parish region of the United States. Uh, so you have great distances in, in parishes and very large dioceses. And so you can understand, and the priest can understand uh, what that would be like. And in many of these countries, they have that plus severe poverty. And then sometimes, in addition to that, they have restrictions put upon them by the government or terrorism. Uh, and mm. all of that is the background for which they have to live their lives. Uh, many years ago, I guess not many, about eight years ago, I was speaking at Mundelein, the seminary in um, in Chicago, right. mm-hmm. and we had a group of seminarians talking at a, at a breakfast meeting, and we were sitting there with the a bishop of uh, Northern Arabia, uh, the wow. late uh, bishop Hamila Balin, mm. and he was talking about some of the aspects of what it's like to be a priest in a place where you're, it's illegal to be a priest, and so uh, I sort of had my time to speak, and I had said that one of the things I suggest to seminarians when they first put their collar on is you put it on as, a, as an honor and as a privilege and as a, as a great duty. But in some countries, it literally is a target. Yeah. It means that you are the target of, uh, you know, violence against the church or violence against Christianity. And that's where a lot of these people have to understand that these men and women, religious especially, literally take their lives in their, in their hands every day. I have a good friend who's a priest in northeastern Nigeria, and I asked him, mm. what do you do each day to repair? And he said, Edward, you begin each day thanking the Lord for the day and asking him for the courage to face it and also the courage to live the gospel even until death if it happens this day. Wow. And that is his sort of morning prayer, and that's every day. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I had the, uh, the chance of the, the diocese we came, uh, we just moved from the Diocese of Gaylord uh, up in northern Michigan. We had uh, several priests from Nigeria, and I mm-hmm. remember one of the priests who, uh, who went, went back, right, his bishop said, well, we need you back here. Um, it wasn't, I don't know, a few months later when he was hiding in the, uh, in the bush with uh, seminarians uh, from Boko Haram. You know, and he's yep. uh, he's telling us <laughs> that this is something that that happens somewhat regularly, and just for us to imagine that here, sitting in the comfort, you know, uh, of the United States, um, where things are are relatively easy, right? Um, to yeah. to try and imagine what that would be like to start every day saying, "Thank you, God, that I've lived another day. Please help me to make it through to <laughs> through today. Yeah. Uh, have the courage to make it through and do what I need to do." Is just just such a such a uh, you know. Uh, an amazing thing to try and contemplate. Um, if you're just tuning in, uh, Nick Medelsky here with Real Presence Live, uh, broadcasting from St. James Coffee in Rochester. We're speaking with Edward Clancy from Aid to the Church in Need. Um, I noticed also one of the things that, uh, and, and we'll get to Ukraine, uh, obviously I want to get there, uh, but uh, even before this, um, the uh, uh, what was I going to say? Even before the, the present situation, but even before the invasion, right? Aid to the Church in Need has been helping in Ukraine for years now, right? In yes. In ways. fact, uh, we have a 70-year history. Our help goes back to the time when uh, the Catholic Church was outlawed in, uh, in Ukraine. 
And again, mm -hmm. a little history. Uh, so after the Soviet Union took over Eastern Europe and started imposing uh, communist way of rule in each of these countries, one of the things they did in Ukraine was they, they um, merged the churches, if you will. Yep. They called the synod. And they forced the Catholic Church, in a sense, to come to this meeting. And if the, if the people who came didn't agree with what they said, they weren't invited or they were disinvited. Yeah. And then they had their, their, you know, for lack of better terms, their stooges vote that the Catholic Church should, uh, should become part of the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, which at that time was really just a shell. It was just wasn't real at all. It was just the communist government running things. So the, the Catholic Church lost all of its property, and every Catholic priest who did not agree with this new order was an outlaw. Yeah. So we were helping the underground church back in the 1940s and 50s and wow. 60s, and then through into the 1980s and the beginning of the 90s. And then when you know the fall of the Soviet Union and communism sort of ended, and then 1992, when Ukraine declared its independence, uh, Aids of the Church Need was there on the forefront to uh, help rebuild the church, and that started with, you know, vocations. Just to give you a little example, there were 300 Catholic priests at the beginning of this in Ukraine. Today, there are over 3,000. Wow. So the, the growth has been very good, and it, it's, it's impressive because it's in a background where they're still not recognized completely as, you know, as I would say, co-brothers of the faith with the Orthodox. Right. Um, and as as I mentioned uh, on air before, as a Ukrainian Catholic, that's something very near and dear, that history. And I've been the uh, the recipient, in a way, of, uh, of Aid to the Church and Aid to the Church and Needs uh, work, because I've had, uh, our, our pastor is from Ukraine. He, he went to seminary there in Ukraine before he uh, was, was asked to come here by our bishop. And a lot of my... Um, Instructors, uh, I'm in the diaconal formation program in, for the Eparchy here in the United States, and uh, and I uh, uh, have a lot of instructors, a lot of priests who are instructors who are there in Ukraine, um, who've gone through seminary over there. So uh, very, very wonderful to see the the vibrant faith uh, that's continuing despite despite the hardships uh, that uh, the church has endured in the past and and continues to endure in the present. Um, there was one more thing I was going to mention, but uh, and also, you know, when you're mentioning that about providing aid to the church, um, the underground church, I've heard uh, a lot of my uh, friends who've immigrated uh, from the Soviet Union uh, talked about when they were kids uh, going in this little apartment and they had to sing as quietly as possible because our, our liturgies are sung throughout. Uh, but sing as quietly as possible so the neighbors wouldn't hear, so they wouldn't call the police and things like that. So it's, it's very real, and uh, we're not that far removed from it, uh, from that history. So beautiful to hear that Aid to the Church in Need was able to be there in those times and is still able to be there for the people of Ukraine. Um, we got to go to break right now. Uh, after we come back, we'll talk about uh, some of the uh, concrete things that Aid to the Church in the Need aid to the church in need, I'll eventually get those words in the right order, uh, is able to provide uh, right now in the midst of this uh, terrible invasion. So stay tuned. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.
Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. This is Dr. Ryan Sappo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. We appreciate all the support our eye care clinic has received over the past year. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for the whole family, vision therapy services, contact lenses, and glasses. Lumen Vision is located across the street from Saints Anne and Joachim Parish in South Fargo. We accept a variety of vision and medical insurance plans. To schedule an appointment online, our website is www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back, Real Presence Live listeners. Once again, Nick Medelsky here at St. James Coffee in Rock and Roll, Rochester, Minnesota, uh, speaking with Edward Clancy from Aid to the Church in Need, uh, talking about the wonderful work that organization has been able to do starting back in the, uh, the 1940s in the, uh, the uh, uh, rebuilding after the Second World War and the, the work they're able to do now. Uh, so we, we talked a little bit about how long... Um, Aid to the Church in the Need, Aid to the Church in Need, <laughs> has been helping the people of Ukraine, the Church in Ukraine, ever since pretty much the the start of the organization. Really, we're talking about the the forties and fifties, um, and still continuing to this day. Um, so, uh, maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about what uh, ACN is able to do um, during the 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 present crisis you know the the invasion the people are dislocated um i'm sure the the church itself uh needs extra support i know we've uh, our parish has been fundraising to send things like uh bulletproof vests to chaplains because uh, you mm-hmm. wouldn't you wouldn't think of that necessarily but uh you know when they're ministering to uh soldiers in war zones um and even civilians in war zones uh they need protection <laughs> as well right yeah. uh so yeah. um maybe you could Talk a little bit about what uh, Aid to the Church in Need has been able to do uh, to help the church in Ukraine and the people in Ukraine during this time. Sure. I, I would think uh, a good way to start it would be the, you know, the bravery and what the dedication of these men and women of 
in the religious communities are, have in Ukraine. An example of that would be back at the end of February when things were starting to get bad. Uh, Archbishop Shevchuk, the mm-hmm. major archbishop of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, essentially the patriarch, um, he sent 17 priests east to help in the, in the difficult areas, you know, going almost to the Donbass region. Now, each of these men were going from, you know, we talk about comfort here of rectories and things like that. But the thing to remember is 95% of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, the men are married, the priests are married. Mm-hmm. So many of them are leaving not just a safer home, and fam- uh, but their family. And they sent them into the, you know, into the battles uh, to go take care of the people. And it, it continues today. Um, so... Six of our uh, six monasteries in western Ukraine, which we've supported since the 1940s, uh, are now hosting um, over, I think it's close to a thousand families between. Wow. Um, the major seminary, which has it, the large seminary, it is, it's 180 students or seminarians. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 180 students, because of the government COVID restrictions, have not met in person for quite a while. But they've opened up the seminary, and now they're hosting over 160 families. And wow. the seminarians are coming in. They're coming 30 in shifts of 30, and they work three days at a time ministering and helping the people and doing all sorts of things from washing clothes and making meals and cleaning. Mm. And that's kind of the things that they're doing. A to the Church of is in the forefront of that. In fact, just last week, uh, we had a meeting in Ukraine with some of our directors, and uh, they they gave a grant to the church to give each of these men 500 euros uh, to support them because they are supporting families. In addition to that, we've helped them support things like buying washing machines and stoves because of increased demand of helping families. Right. And also just, you know, buying the food stuff. And then on the, uh, the Western side of the border in Poland, we have a long history as well. And each of our offices there have, have essentially become focal points for uh, volunteers and for a collection of goods and materials, as well as a place for these refugees to go to get information and direction, and also spiritual direction. Mm. I think one of the things that we were told last week uh, when we met, you know, via Zoom with our uh, with the, the representatives in Ukraine, was the changes that have happened in Ukraine. And the nun who was a former missionary from Poland into Ukraine said that. The people are scared, they're frightened, they're worried, but there's also this openness and sense of faith. And also she said one thing that happened that was different was that people would show up on, on the doorfront and no one would ask, who are you or where are you from? They would just say, what do you need? And she yeah. said, and they all knew that they were coming from the east I mean, and coming to the west where there has been hostility, but there's no more hostility. There's more right. great uni- unity in the Ukrainian people now. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the the uh, the blessings, you know, we always talk about God drawing straight with crooked lines, and uh, mm-hmm. there are some 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 positive things in the end that come out of this. You know, they talk about how un- united the Ukrainian people are uh, in the face of the the aggression uh, from Russia, um, and just wonderful to hear that again. It, a lot of people focus on U- Ukraine itself, but also, like you said, in Poland. Uh, where a lot of these people are coming from Ukraine uh, to seek refuge in Poland, that uh, aid to the church in need is able to provide 
um, uh, like you said, a focal point for not only the uh, material goods but also the spiritual direction. It's just such a such a wonderful thing that uh, that uh, your organization is able to provide. Yeah, and, and actually, one of the things we were told is that the people that come from the the battle regions and have traveled many days to safer uh, places in Western Ukraine or in Poland, uh, they said a lot of them don't speak for days. They literally are so shell shocked and so uh. traumatized that they don't speak. And and one of the things that the priest also said in this is again in Western Ukraine was that um, that the people who come are coming to church. And he said that the churches are full. And many of them, in fact, the nun who was there said, a woman walked up to her and knew she was a nun, and she says, I'm baptized, I know I'm baptized, but I've never learned how to pray. Would you teach me how to pray? Wow. So you see the spiritual dimension of that. And then one of the other things that is seldom talked about is the amount of effort it takes for these religious to do their work every day. Oh, um, yeah. It, it, it's, it's very difficult, but at the same time, they find the extraordinary gift of love that Mother Teresa talked about, that when she mm. was empty, God gave her more than she needed. Wow. It's similar to this. So we, we've given money, yes, we've given over $2.5 million of direct aid, but we're also supporting the church to support the people, and that's really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, unfortunately, we're kind of nearing the end of our, our time together on air, uh, but for our listeners, uh, how could they find out more about Aid to the Church in Need, or, or uh, if they feel so moved, uh, support the work that you're doing? Sure. A simple way is to go to churchinneed.org, uh, and that would be a place to find things. You can also go to helpukraine.churchinneed.org, and that's essentially a very good focal point. But we also ask people to remember that there are other countries still having trouble. You mentioned Nigeria, Pakistan. We have to pray for them and not forget them as well, uh, that this is a difficult time for many places. But please help Ukraine and pray for the church in need. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us uh, this morning, Edward. And uh, thank you for the wonderful work uh, you're doing there in Ukraine. Um, and like you said, around the world, not just Ukraine, but Pakistan, Nigeria, other places where the church truly is in need. Um, and uh, it's it's wonderful that uh, we have an organization as the church that's able to step into those places and uh, help fill that need. Yes, um, it's, a, it's a blessing to serve. Absolutely. Well, um, now it's that part of the show where I turn things over to Fabulous Fargo. And Therese is going to tell us about tomorrow's show. Yeah, thanks. So on the next Real Presence Live, that'll be tomorrow morning from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Doug Jillick and Mike Kudrowski are your hosts coming to you live from Queen of Peace Parish in Dickinson. They'll get an update about what's going on at the University of Mary from Dr. David Eckelberger. Then Monsignor Tom Richter will be on to continue the discussion on discernment. And Steve Easton from... Uh, Steve Easton president of Dickinson State University, will be on to talk about faith and education. All that and much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's on Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Thank you, Therese, and I'm glad I'm not the only one who's uh, having trouble getting word, <laughs> words out a little bit. Um, it, it happens to all of us. You know, we, we're on the radio regularly. Therese is on uh, <laughs> yeah. almost every day, and it, it still happens. I also thought it was Monday this morning. So <laughs> There you go. Um, That's right. It is Tuesday, isn't it? It's one it? of those days. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, uh, thank you for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live. We've had some great conversations today. I also wanted to uh, put a pitch out there. Some of you may have received calls from me uh, over the past few weeks. Uh, we are in the uh, uh, the lead-up to our spring live drive, May 11th through the 13th, calling around now trying to collect uh, seed gifts and challenge gifts. Those are gifts that we collect uh, ahead of the on-air portion of the drive. That way we know uh, how close we are to that uh, finish line to meet our funding goal and uh, help build momentum as we're going in. So um, uh, I'd like to ask you to prayerfully consider uh, giving those, uh, those seed gifts, those challenge gifts. You may hear from me if you've given in the past, um, and maybe you haven't given in the past to Real Presence uh, Radio, but uh, if you'd like to get involved uh, with that and, uh, and uh, uh, maybe... You know, like I said, give one of those seed gifts, those challenge gifts. Even if you haven't given before, uh, you can go to our website, realpresenceradio.com, and uh, find out the different ways you can contact us to give. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, God bless your week. Happy Easter. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.